हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब टुडे आई हैव विद मी तनवीर आलम ही हैज ट्रेन्ड इन कथक अंडर सुदेश नामलिक एंड संध्या देसाई and continues to get his training in tal vidya under pandit divyang vakil he is an emerging choreographer and dancer supported by the canada council for the arts the ontario arts council and the toronto arts council tanveer how are you hi pramitham good how are you doing pretty well uh, and just wanted to just get into it tanveer so i know that a big part of what you talk about and the message you spread is about being a diasporic artist so could you tell us a little bit about what that means to you I think it's really important to acknowledge that people and individuals that train in our Indian classical dance forms outside of India have a very different experience of it because the experience is not always in dialogue or in relation to where the work is continually happening and where the work continues to happen. The way that we treat the form, the way that we think about the form is very different. The access to knowledge is different and that doesn't mean that we don't have access to great and incredible knowledge, but it just means that it holds a different part of history within it okay and so see you said let's just start with you said having access the access to knowledge in is different so could you give us an example of that i mean yeah i mean for a lot of us people who have trained in north america um our gurus um came to um like and i'll speak for myself like my gurus sandhya aunty sandhya desai um who was a disciple of kumudini lakya um is in relationship with india so you know she she goes back and she comes back quite often and so she's seeing uh, what's happening with kathak in india how it continues to evolve but that being said she's also a dancer who is senior she's one of kumilan's first students and auntie is you know like in her late 70s and so she she's worked she has a body of work that has been growing for many years but that, but that's anchored in the practices that she was invested in in her in her initial training and how kathak was perceived way back then and so it's anchored in that tradition um while still being in dialogue with what's happening in india right now as well as what's happening here in north america so tell us a little bit more about that so when what happens when you take kathak okay and so say in your case and when you talk about your art form do you feel it's important to go back to india every now and then or would you feel that it can flourish on its own where you are in space yeah no i think for myself personally it's very important that i go to india and i only realized that uh, very recently because for like m- most of my training has been in canada um uh and whatever knowledge of access from senior gurus such as kumi ben and maharaj ji and nahid siddiqui ji that's all happened uh with me being here i've never traveled out i've i've never trained um with all of these senior gurus outside of north america and my first experience learning in india um i mean going to india as well was just recently right before the pandemic i was in ahmedabad with uh, sanjukta sinha didi in a mentorship that was my first experience of you know uh, learning from a practitioner who was currently working in india who has a practice that is current um that is you know of the lineage of my guru um but you know is doing her own um thing through that lineage 
and that knowledge. And I realized that I really, I'm interested in staying in conversation with what's happening in India and um, involving that in my understanding of the form as well. Okay, so when you went to India and you trained under Sanjuta Didi, what were the conversations and experiences that opened up to you that you were previously not aware of? I had more like, I had concrete evidence. Like I think there's, there's a difference between training with somebody who is, you know, a practicing artist and training with somebody who used to be a practicing artist and now is a teacher. Okay. Um, and so with Sanjukta Di, like I, I feel that she has a lot, she's an incredible performer mm-hmm. um, and has a lot of knowledge in that domain. So a lot of my training was focused around presentation, around aesthetics, around, you know, how to hold energy uh, within a performance and how to deliver that to an audience. And I thought that that was really fruitful information that I um, was cognizant of, but I hadn't given so much attention to in my training beforehand. And were there any memorable performances that you did there that you want to discuss with Sanjukta Didi? Performed in her company, Sanjukta Sina Dance Company's first um, production uh, called Anand Prava uh, with the company dancers. And it was really lovely. Um, I really had a great time working in that. Okay, and I'm glad you got that experience. And I guess the next thing I wanted to talk about is so say you're in you're practicing in Toronto and you mentioned that Kathak practicing Kathak as a as a, as a career where it's marginalized has its own issue. So could you tell us about how Kathak gets marginalized? I think what's important to acknowledge in this conversation is that Kathak and you know all these art for, art forms that are not Eurocentric based that exist in Canada and specifically in Toronto have had timelines and histories that have been parallel to those that of, you know, Eurocentric practices such as modern dance, ballet, Western contemporary dance, because of access and resources or lack of institutions have not flourished in the same ways. For me, um, also, I went to a Western contemporary dance school and I have a degree in Western contemporary dance. Um, It's important for me that when I'm in those spaces and in those institutions that are Eurocentric, that I that I hold my form with integrity and honesty and that I'm able to be a member of my community in those spaces. And when you find yourself in these spaces, are you often the only one advocating for your art form? No, I would not say that. There definitely have been people before me and there will be people after me. Um, and it's because of the people before me that, you know, there's, there's space mm-hmm. for someone like me to exist. Okay. Um, but um, what I can say is that when I was in school, I was the only person... Um, I was the only uh, dancer who came from Kathak. Um, I was the only South Asian uh, dancer at my school while I was there. Um, And um, yeah, um, you know, there are times where I'm the only one in those spaces and that I feel like I have to um, kind of hold that knowledge with integrity and honesty. Um, But I'm I'm realizing now more and more that I should not be doing all of that labor and that it's it's on... um, people that are inviting me into those spaces to do the research as well, that I am not the one that has to be holding all the knowledge because I'm also learning and I'm also training and I'm also growing myself as an artist. Awesome. And so that brings me to my next question. You mentioned that there were people before you who made it, who've kind of paved the way for you. So when it comes to the people before you, the people you honor, who are, who are the people who, who you feel have made it easy for you to be where you are today? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, I can start with uh, Rina Singha, who was the uh, first um, Kathak dancer um, in Toronto. 
actually I believe in Canada, I might be wrong, but I think in Canada, okay. um, there is um, Lata Padaji, who uh, runs Sampadaya Dance Creation, who's been a wonderful um, advocate for arts and has also created a space and an institution for Bharatanatyam um, in Canada. Um, yeah, there are many people, Menaka Thakkar, um, Brandy Leary, who is a Kalari Payat artist. Um, and then there's also, and these are people that, you know, have institutions and have spaces and organizations, but there are also artists, um, such as like my, one of my mentors, Hari Kishana Snyder, who is a Kuchipudi artist based in the city, um, Nandi, who is a, another Bharatanatyam dancer. Um, yeah, there's so many people. Awesome. And so then that brings me to, you talked about that there's a balance between the people who invite you to their spaces and you having that knowledge. And I've been, I've been training under you since April. So one thing I've seen you do very well is talk about Kathak to people who aren't aware of the art form. And you do it in a way that, you know, still keeps the essence of it. And you don't feel the need to compare it to other things. So how, when it comes to talking about Kathak, how, what are some tips you'd give to other people so that they are able to convey it with integrity? Yeah, that's a great question for me. Um... Actually, it's funny. It, like, it reminds me of when you were talking to me about okay, yeah. how, like, how, uh, like, you were asking me how to explain what Kathak is, and you had given me this answer, like, that it's, it's like, it's like tap dancing, but not, and I was like, no, that you cannot say that. You should never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, the reason is that I feel like it's, it's wrong to compare any art form to another, um, because um, you should be able to talk about your dance, your practice, um, with vocabulary and with um, insight of that vocabulary that is yours and that is personal. And I think that everyone's definition of what Kathak is is different. But for me, what I, what I, what I constantly say, um, and what also I've, and it's also for me important for me to cite that the way that I speak about my, my practice and my art form um, comes from, um, you know, the circles that I've worked with, within and the mentors that I've had and the mentors that I have that continue to, to, to you know, um, help me understand um, what, it, what, I, what, what, it, what I'm actually trying to get to within my own work and my own practice and my own training. Um, and uh, yeah, like, so for me, like I always say Kathak is an, is an Indian classical dance form um, from the north of India. Um, and that um, it's traditionally presented as a solo dance form. Um, but however, I come from a lineage um, in which some of the first questions around group choreography were posed. Um, and uh, I feel that, um, you know, Kathak, um, you know, is, some, is, a, is an art form that um, is meeting the changing aesthetics of dance with every generation of its practitioners, and that um, the essential foundations of Kathak that I work with are verticality, the spine and the upper body as the source of gestural movements, um, and time manifested through rhythmical compositions with climactic punctuations. Okay, and in your experiences when you're explaining the language of Kathak to others, what are the things that people find the hardest to grasp and how are you able to overcome those obstacles? Um, I don't see them as obstacles, Pramit. Um, mm -hmm. I think... What's important to acknowledge is not that not everybody has the same kind of understanding of the body and, and the aesthetics of the body right. and that that's, that's okay. 
And so more than it being an obstacle, it's more just that the like Indian classical dance is doing different things than Western contemporary dance or or you know European dancing. It's it works in different ways. Knowledge is transmitted differently. Um, the body is trained differently. It's made aware differently. Um, and so instead of trying to communicate um, the validity of the form or that um, you should be able to understand this, I give the space for somebody to be like, actually, I don't actually think I understand this and I need to do more research. And so that uh, brings me to my next thing. Uh, you mentioned that you have a degree in contemporary dance. Correct, yes. So could you so could you tell us what your experience has been getting an education in contemporary dance like? Yeah, so I trained at the School of Toronto Dance Theatre, um, um, and I am a graduate of 2019. Um, and yeah, so basically my training in Western contemporary dance comes from the lineage of American modern dance. So um, it was very Graham-based, which is a technique of modern dance. Um, and Limon, which is another technique, um, as well as uh, some foundational classes of um, ballet, um, as well as, you know, uh, working with different choreographers, uh, which kind of expanded uh, my understanding and my network of what uh, the dance sector in Toronto is. Um, and for me, um, yeah, what was your question? Sorry. <laughs> It was just a general question about your experience in contemporary, your degree, and then we delve into deeper things depending on what you Yeah, said. so, um, yeah, I think what was really great about uh, that experience was that I had eyes on me every day from like 8 to 5 p.m. People were watching me dance and were giving me corrections and were giving me notes and were making me more aware of my body um, in ways that I had not been asked to be aware of myself of, you know? Um, which is really, really great. Um, and it's definitely um, that kind of uh, understanding of my body has definitely translated to Kathak because I still continue doing Kathak while I was in training because uh, it was really important for me to continue doing Kathak because that was that is my base and it really is what I I like to work from. Um, but yeah, it definitely um, changed how I looked at dancing and it made me really love and understand Kathak a lot more in some ways. Okay, and when you were doing Kathak and contemporary dance together, did you feel like you were being pulled in different directions and how did you deal with that? I mean, not really. I think um, I think it was definitely tough for me to kind of hold these two different body languages and these two different ways of working with the body. Mm -hmm. um, and it was something that I struggled with, but I kept working at. Um, and I think I've, I've reached a kind of understanding of these two things and that they're separate. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I don't ever feel like I was being pulled. Like I, I made the, I made the, the decision to be in that room and to to commit to that for three years. Um, so I never felt like I was being um, pulled in different directions to be doing it. I knew that I was doing that. I knew that I was challenging myself in that way. Okay, and if and when someone's trying to learn two different dance forms, how do you prevent? Or how do you deal? How do you deal with if you are getting confused from one, you know, the steps of one to the other, and how do you make sure you keep them separate? I think it's important to have a strong base in one. Like I, I had at that point, I had done like a good amount of, like I had done at least seven, eight years of kathak at that point. Um, I was, I was quite uh, already. I was, I was, I was, I was deeply into my my kathak practice at that point, point. Um, and then 
I, I started um, contemporary dance and I had started contemporary dance in high school. But even at that point, I was still, you know, at least four or five years into my Kathak training. So I had a base in something. So instead of me being confused, it's more like, to me, it was feeling more like my, my trainings were complementing each other. Like there were things in Kathak that I was able to implement within my uh, Western contemporary dance training. And there were things within my Western contemporary dance training that I was able to um, harness in Kathak as well. But I think my, my kind of only advice is that have a strong base in one thing first and then work from there. Okay, and in what ways were you able to showcase your Kathak in your, in your education? Yeah, I mean, I performed and I worked and I, and I you know, practiced choreography and I choreographed um, all through my degree. And I, I, made, I made the conscious effort of doing that because I really wanted to be able to have a network once I graduated and I really wanted to be able to sustain myself as a dancer because um, this is all that I do. I professionally dance and I professionally um, work in the arts. Um, so yeah, I have many memorable things. I, I had the opportunity of performing at uh, Dance Ontario Dance Weekend 2019 um, with um, Prajakta Dravid, who is another um, excellent Kathak dancer based in Toronto um, in a duet uh, that I choreographed um, for both of us. Um, and it was uh, uh, funded um, in partnership by New Blue Emerging Dance, who, uh, which is an organization that supported me from my from the beginning of my of my kind of uh, uh, presence in Toronto. Like the, the the first kind of Catholic performance that I gave in Toronto was through this festival, um, and they gave me this opportunity. And and to give some context, Dance Ontario Dance Weekend um, is a weekend of dance in Toronto where they present some of the leading artists and organizations and companies of the city um, within um, the Harborfront Center Fleck Theatre, which is one of the, the best theaters in the city. And I got to do a 20-minute post-Kathak presentation, and we got a standing ovation. And it's something that I'm really, really proud of and that I, um, I have fond memories of because I was able to also work um, with um, one of my mentors, Heidi Kishanesnayer, who choreographed the first part of that um, performance um, and yeah it just was an opportunity for me to really sink back into Kathak um, while I was in school um, and really you know figure out um, what I how I wanted to present the form. Okay and when you're looking at say performance opportunities what are the things you usually look for that make a factor into whether you're saying yes and no to something? Hmm um, I think uh Many things. I think I need to be um, comfortable and I need to be interested in the uh, in the offer, in the invitation. Um, I I want to I want to be a part of uh, I want to be working for to be part of institutions and organizations that I believe are are you know wanting to invest in me as well as my community um, in truthful ways. Um, and I want to see proof of that. So those are some things. Um, I want to make sure that um, I am being paid for my labor in equitable ways um, and that my collaborators and my peers are also being um, remunerated in those ways. Um, and I want to be, I want to be able to have the space to make my art the way I want to make it. Okay, and you mentioned something interesting where you want your community to be shown in a truthful way and there being proof of that. Uh, do you have an anecdote or example that showcases what this means? 
I want them to be aware and, and I want them to be in conversation with my community in truthful in truthful and in honest ways. And so by that I mean that like if you're hiring a Kathak dancer as a part of your festival um, to present a Kathak work, but you don't really you not you don't you can't really tell the difference between Kathak and Bharatnatyam, I think there's a there's an issue with that as a curator, as a presenter. Um, and that's something that I, I, I think is really important that you that you if you want to engage with a practice that is not dominant, um, that you engage with their communities. So like like if I take the example of New Blue, um, Peter made the conscious effort, um, Peter Kelly, who runs New Blue, um, made the conscious effort of, um, you know, providing me with the outside eyes that I wanted for asking if these were the right people, um, you know, as well as, um, you know, just did some research on what, as to what Kathak was and what kind of work um, was out there and who the practitioners were. And that, that to me was really important. Awesome. And when you decide your performances, are there any specific messages that you want to spread through your performances or any specific themes or topics? Not necessarily. There's one thing that I, that I, I, like, I like to think about when I work is that I like whatever choreographic investigations that I'm working on through these pieces or th through my work um, is that um, these are collaborations with other diasporic artists um, who you know practice their respective forms with rigor and deep engagement. Um, and I hope that like my work is able to contribute to the Toronto dance ecology outside of the niche areas that we're used to working in and broadening the possibilities of the dance sector in Toronto. Okay, and I'm very interested that you called it a choreographic investigation. So then, because uh, that seems to me like there's a lot more than just deciding what steps you're going to do on stage. Yeah. Can you tell us, so as a choreographer, can you take us back into the mindset of a choreographer and what goes into putting out a piece on stage? I mean, I'm like I said, I'm an emerging choreographer and it's, and it's, something, it's, a, it's something that I'm working towards and that I really like right. working at. Uh -huh. um, and I think... And the mentors that I've had have really, you know, made me understand and made me, you know, um, uh, realize and acknowledge that choreography is a practice and that it's something that is, um, that requires deep engagement and, and investigation. Um, and that it's not just, you know, putting together um, a bunch of movements to, to a piece of music. There is, there is, there's interrogation, there's questioning within that, uh, that's deeper than just you know, putting together a set of movements and dancing them. And I'm still figuring out what that is, but I, that's something that I, I am working towards. Okay. And so, the, and then since we're talking about choreography and dance, could you tell, go, take us back to how you got into Kathak and your training? Yeah, actually, that's a very funny story. Um, I started kind of by fluke because um, my mother um, in Montreal, which is where I was born and raised, um, ran um, a, a tutoring service in which tutors would come and um, help out, uh, you know, kids of diasporic communities with French because there were that, it, it, it definitely is a problem in Quebec um, because parents are not able to help their kids with um, French and it's and it's the it's the the main language of the province um, and at some point um, like 
cultural classes were introduced, of which, you know, there was like a tabla class, there was a singing class, and there was a kata class. And Suleishnabi um, was the kata teacher. And I, um, I mean, I was always there because my mom was, you know, kind of like the organizational and like the director of it. Um, and so I was always there and I would watch the class and I watched it for like, you know, like a good two, three months, I would just watch. Um, and one day Suleishnabi was just like, 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 like come come dance interesting and i kind of just i just went for it and i literally have not stopped since so it was really by fluke like it was just kind of i just happened to be there and i happened to have somebody who was like get up and i was too scared to say no so i just got up <laughs> um but i was always interested in dancing even as a child like i always thought like i always loved dancing um and i just needed something to to you know push me so that i do it and what was it like to train under Sudeshnadi as a teacher? What was her style like? What were the things that you picked up from her? Um, I had my early training with Sudeshnadi. So, you know, like my, my, my foundational years were with Didi. And uh, what was really great with, while learning with Didi is that she um, is a really strong dancer. And um, she really imparted that in me. Like, you know, like a good base of footwork, really clear footwork. Um, using uh yeah i'm just gonna leave it at that like really good footwork so what was it like training with sandhya ji yeah so i'm still training with sandhya auntie um and honestly it's it's so lovely it's so wonderful and i've she's giving me so she has given me so much in the in the years that i've been with her and what i'm really grateful for with sandhya auntie is that she really kind of took the basis that I had um, and the foundation that I had and really, you know, helped me mature as a person, as a dancer, and really understand the finer nuances of Kathak. And for the first time, made me acknowledge that um, Kathak exists within the body. Like, it's not it's not just limbs and legs moving around. It's You have to look at the body. You have to look at the spine. You have to look at, you have to think about the gaze. You have to think about space um, and time. Like, she, and energy. Like, all these things, she, she was the first person to kind of introduce to me that Kathak is beyond just moving around arms and legs. It's about an internalized practice. And I'm thankful for that always. Could you, could you expand on what you mean by the in, in, an internalized practice a bit? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like, what are, like with dance, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with the body, right? Like it's the body that's your instrument, right? It's, it's such a yeah. common phrase. My body is my instrument. But what does that actually mean? It means that you're actually, you're having to internalize something. You're having to dig within and find movement from within and what that means you know if that means engaging your core it it can mean you know how are you using your spine how is the torso um being activated how are the gestural move like where are the gestural movements coming from are they coming from the torso or are they just coming from your limbs so sandhyanti put those questions out for me um when they weren't there when for me kathak was really just like it was just dance but what is dance what it's what's deeper than just um hand like hands and legs moving is is what's happening inside of the body okay and so now that we've talked about a little bit about who you've mainly trained under when did you start realizing that this is going to be your life i actually i in high school i was I had trained. I had started training in uh, a little bit of ballet and western contemporary dance and my my limon teacher um had pushed me to 
uh, apply for the School of Toronto Dance Theatre. And because I had kind of told her that I would like to dance in the future. And then she was like, no, if you want to, you should really, you know, just go for it. And yeah, I just, I think, I, what I remember, like, when I remember just being so amazed by, by dance was when I was in high school, um, Kadam had come and performed in Montreal. And I remember just being so amazed. And so, Sanjuk Sadidi was in that performance. And so, like, Prashan Paya and Solvigda, all of these, Bhakti Lili, all of these amazing dancers. And I remember just being so amazed by that performance and being like, I want to dance like that one day. And I want to be like, you know, I want to be on a stage one day and I want to be dancing like that. And I, and that was the kind of first kind of seed that was kind of like put inside me of being like, okay, dance is more than just a hobby. Dance is a career, you know, dance can be a career. I want to be a professional dancer. And it was kind of like developed when I was in high school when, when my, with my modern dance teacher was like, you know, you should actually, if you want to do this, you should pursue it. And I didn't really look back since. I guess that brings me to my next question. Um, like a lot of dancers who pursue dance through their childhood, through high school, there's this. In, there's also this push, right? Because you're a teenager, you're, you have your friends want to hang out with you, and this whole fear of missing out. Is that something you've had to deal with? Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not any superhero or anything. I I'm right. a normal. I was a normal teenager, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I definitely dealt with that. And I definitely there were times when Kasai took a backseat, and I and. Uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, vex myself for that and I don't get angry with myself for that, but it's a reality that, you know, um, I, my life, uh, like you need to, you should be able to lead your life how it needs to be led. Um, and, and if you need to be a teenager and you need to be a kid and you need to, and you need to, you need to do those things, um, but you're, you need to make sure that you're able to hold your practice within, through that, within all of that. And that doesn't mean that you have to be dancing every single day for, for 50 hours, but it means that you have to be. You need to know that you that you didn't dance that day, and that means something as well. And I was always conscious of that. That you know, like fine, fine. I was in high school and I decided that I wanted to go hang out with my friends one night. Mm-hmm. But that meant that I didn't. That meant I didn't dance that day. And I and I held that to myself. You know. Interesting. Really? I held. I was. I held myself accountable for all of the, for for always, which is why. Um, when I made those decisions, I knew that I was making those decisions and I didn't feel guilty about it because I, I was holding myself accountable. It's awesome that you had that clarity when you needed that. I tried. <laughs> Not saying it was always successful, but I tried. <laughs> well, let's just say it was 100% successful. <laughs> sure. So, and so since we talked about lineage and you mentioned Kadam and we've talked about Sandhya Ji, could you tell us a little bit about the experiences you had with Kumi Ben? Yeah, I mean, I've only met Kumiven twice in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was I could see where Sandhya Auntie got um, that knowledge around internalized uh, practice and you know having having an awareness of the spine and the body. And I and I think, I mean, Kumiven is amazing. I think like t- to have you know to have pioneered um, group choreography in Kathak um, in that way is something that I think I think Kathak is so grateful to now. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I've, I'm really grateful to whatever time I've had with her and whatever um, knowledge I've gained from from that time. Since you, could you tell us a little bit about the impact that Kumi Ben had on group choreography? What was Kathak like before she came in, and what were the contributions she made throughout? Yeah, I mean, I obviously can't speak for her, but from what I've been told and what I've I've heard from Sandhyanti and Kumi Ben herself. Um, Kathak, as I was saying, is, was traditionally a solo dance form. Um, and Kumi Ben, um, when she was young, um, 
toured the world with Ram Gopal, who was a celebrated Indian dancer and choreographer. Um, and he toured like all over the world. Um, and, and so when, and with him, Kumi Ben toured, toured, uh, toured all over the world. Um, and I, she famously always says the story that like he was looking for a dancing spinning girl and Kumi Ben could spin because she was a Kathak dancer. <laughs> and so she, she toured the world with him. And with him, um, she really, you know, got to um, learn about group choreography and, you know, how to work with space and time um, and energy. And she was, I think, deeply influenced by the kind of work that she was seeing abroad as well. And so she brought all of that knowledge back to India and really found a way of working through the vocabulary of Kathak, not going outside of it, but finding newness and innovation within what was already there um, and putting that on different bodies. And Tanvir, I also know that you you'd got an opportunity to perform in front of Maharaji. Could you tell us what that experience was? Experience was like. Yeah, um, it's definitely one of the most memorable memorable experiences of my life, <laughs> because Maharaji is Maharaji, um, and he's you know so so important to the history of Kathak. Um, and yeah, so basically, I was. I was in high school, I was in my last year, and this is also another funny story because um, Usha Guptaji, who was um, based in Edmonton, uh, uh, was hosting Maharaji and Shashwati Didi um, for a workshop as well as um, a performance of Romeo and Juliet, which is their, um, which is the production that they were touring at that time. And I, so I went there for the workshops and then I was also put in the, the choreography. <laughs> And I was a little shocked because I literally, I remember, I remember distinctively, awesome. yeah, it was great. Um, and like, uh, like many people were put in, like everybody that was there was put in, but I just, I don't think I was cognizant of that that was happening. I thought I was just going for a workshop and I was going to watch a show, but I went there and I remember, like, I remember still, like it was, I think like, a, like early afternoon, I got there and they were working on something, Usha Guptaji and like introduces me and then Shashwati is like, ha, let's let's start. And I was like, oh. Oh, I have to learn this. I'm in some. I'm in something right now, um, and these are all like. And there were so. And there were like these are all seasoned dancers, right? These are all seasoned male dancers in this production. And I was this like, like chotu boy from out of out of high school, like about when, to finish high school. When Mind you, seasoned, you, how many? How 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 deep into Kathak are they? Like these are professional dancers that have been dancing for you know like over like 15, 20, oh, 30, wow. like okay, fine. Seasoned dancers, you know, like interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. From India, have trained with Maharaji for many years, you know. Okay. Um, okay, and finally, yeah, and finally enough, like, mind you, I, I only got to the workshop because I somehow convinced my high school that I was going to miss my last two final exams and I was going to come back and do them after. So I missed like a whole week of school, like my last week of school, you know, where you like, you sign the graduation mm -hmm. photos and you do all the like, right, the, right. like the grad books and all the, you know, nostalgia, like I missed all that stuff to come <laughs> And I and I to go to this uh, workshop and performance. I came back. I went to prom, and the next day I did my two exams that I missed, basically. <laughs> so that in itself was an interesting story. But um, actually, this has happened all through my life. Even even while I was in in, in at the school of Toronto Dance Theater, my, I missed my last my like my my final gradu graduating show. I missed that to go do a solo show in Montreal for two weeks. Oh, wow. So this is this is clearly a pattern in my life. But. Um, yeah, I remember um, just being so amazed that I was a part of this production, and yeah, I learned a lot from from all of those uh, people. And to have to be out on Maharaji for a week every single day, to you know hear his stories, to talk to him, 
um, to have him correct me. Like I'll, I'll never forget some of those things that he told me. Um, and I still think about them deeply. Um, and what was really sweet is that like, at, like, you know, at the end of the thing, Maharaji was saying like, you know, like I've like on this tour, I've decided to give uh, some of my things to, to some of the dancers that I'm meeting and some of the young talents. And so I, Maharaji gave me one of his kurtas. Wow. Um, okay. And it's really special. I've not worn it. It's just like stacked away in my things because I'm too scared to wear it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really special thing. All it's these amazing. things. Thanks for sharing that anyway. This is really amazing. Yeah, um, I I'm grateful that it's I'm I'm still in shock that it's happened to me. <laughs> and I've been on this journey of like exploring Qatar and Pakistan. I've been interviewing a lot of people from there, and I know that you've done some work with Nine Siddiqui Ji as well. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how what is that? What is it? Yeah. Um, I had, I, so I, I took a workshop with Nahid Ji and I must say like Nahid Appa is a goddess. Like she is, I think another level of beauty, elegance. Um, and there was so much to learn from her, her, her attention to, to the form, to her understanding of it, her comfort with the style, um, her comfort in Vilambitle and the, the way she carries herself. Um, and and it's really special. It's truly unlike anyone else. I think she has made such a space for herself, and it's it's so iconic. And I I I am constantly mesmerized by her. She's just a beautiful person and a beautiful dancer and a beautiful artist. And I'm so grateful to have spent whatever little time I've spent with her. Awesome! That was a wonderful description, Tanvir. And so that brings me to like your training with Pandit Divyang Vakilji, because. I see those videos on Instagram. I'm very intrigued because <laughs> he sends out this parhan and he's really enjoying himself. And the next thing I know, there's nine dancers and just crushing it out. There. <laughs> so, take us, so tell us what actually happens in, the, in those classes. Guruji is amazing. Like, let's just start there. I'm so thankful to have him as, as a mentor, as a guru in my life. But Guruji teaches his style video, the knowledge of Hindustani classical rhythms. So it's a constant learning with Guruji. And I, and I think every class, I feel like I learn something new. And I'm all, I realize that there's so much left to learn about rhythms and tal but the kind of understanding that I have now is beyond what I had you know like five months ago which is when I started with Guruji and yeah like he's he's just so generous and he's so giving and Guruji is so about creating community and that's what's so amazing is that Talvidic community is beyond borders it's beyond countries like Guruji's in India right now I'm in Canada um, a lot of the dancers are in the US a lot of the dancers are in, the, are in India and it's this big community that gets together every month and so, like, so to me or people who've only taken Katha classes, could you tell us a little behind the scenes as to what happens in a Talvidya class? Yeah, of course. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I can only speak for myself because this is, um, this course, is how like, my class with Guruji Talvidya goes. class that you're taking, so. Yeah, um, but um, Guruji is always uh, very, very clear that you must, um, you know, have learned and have uh, understood what was taught uh, in the previous classes and that it's, you know, it's internalized and that you're able to um, speak it. So Guruji will ask me to speak the compositions and show the tal on my hands um, and make sure that I'm saying it correctly. Um, and there, depending on what his mood is, you know, like uh, he, it can go into either learning new compositions or it can go into, um, you know, working on uh, like, like with like rhythms and like speaking like in, like speaking upaj and improvisations um and just you know just even more like deeper like 
like Gyan around Tal and around like the kind of um, possibilities that exist with our, the Hindustani classical rhythms. Um, so yeah, at, 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 at every class varies and, and it's obviously all of it is interspersed with like amazing stories that Guruji has. He's so, he's like the funniest man <laughs> and he has these amazing stories. Um, so yeah, he's, he's just, Guruji is an amazing storyteller and he weaves that into his training and that's what makes it so, I think, so uh, special as a, as a learner. Okay, and in your recommendation for a Kathakar, when should they start learning Talvitya? Oh, I think, I mean, Guruji always says, like, if this is, like, you should, mm-hmm. like, this, like, you okay. should be able to, to have that understanding from the beginning. Okay. And that's why, and that's why when I, like, I try to implement that, like, you know, even when I teach, even when I teach you, Ramit, mm-hmm. like, I try to implement uh, those teachings and, uh, and cater that to your level so that it's, a, so that, you know, it's, like, it's important that, because Kathak works so much with rhythms and with Tal and with Le, um, and it's really important to have a grasp of it. So I really try to make sure that those bases are covered um, from the get-go now. Awesome. And can you, so, and when we see those choreographies and nine dancers uh, kind of in sync, how, <laughs> how does the logistics of that work? Because it looks like you all are dancing to, to the same piece, but you have your own elements as well. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. How, what, what work goes into creating that end? Yeah, so I like I've I've choreographed one of them uh, with the uh, with one of Guruji's students, Praveen, um, and uh, how it goes basically is that Guruji will give us the compositions, and then he'll give us some insight if he has some you know like if he has some important things that he feels should come through in the compositions he'll bring he'll bring that up, um, and then we talk to Rushi Bhaya who is uh, Rushi Vakilji who is um, uh, you know has created some of the musics for all these for these mini productions, but has also uh, video edited a lot of them. Um, and uh, and we'll kind of figure out like what his ideas are and what he would like for us to explore with this. And then from there, we choreograph it. So we, you know, we, we put together movement, we try, we do a different, like at least in my case, like we did a bunch of different drafts until I was satisfied and until Praveen was satisfied with the movement. And then from there, we start teaching it to the other dancers and so we're basically on zoom we're like you know a bunch of people on zoom trying to learn the movement um and we do that for many weeks and then so we teach and then we correct extensively to make sure that we're that we can be as you know close to uh to being clear in our dancing as possible i imagine it must be a joy to teach dancers who are already like so well versed in kathak it's lovely. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is what's so great about what Guruji has done with the Talvidya and this, mm-hmm. and like, is that he's created this community that that that's beyond, um, you know, the spaces that we exist in, and that's so wonderful that we get to like, you know, we get to work with each other and teach and learn from each other, and it's so nice to like learn everyone's different styles and different variations on things. So yeah, it's really special every time. Okay, so then we've talked about. Your Talvidya training, your contemporary dance, you've talked about your training, lineage. And so when it comes to styles, what would you say your style of Kathak is about? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think I'm still figuring that out, Pramit. I think uh, I think that's gonna be something that I'm gonna be working towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that I am working towards right now and figuring out what my place within all of this this learning and, and knowledge is and what what I um, kind of value within that. So I think that's, yeah. that's that right now is a work in progress. What I do right. know is that 
um, it's really like balance is really important for me. Mm. Um, contrast is really important. I think about those things. I really like, I want to pay attention to the work in the spine, which is something that I'm trying to explore more deeply right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these are the kind of things that I'm working towards. Awesome. And let's discuss a little bit about, say, your teaching practice. Could you tell us a little bit about what kind of goals and aspirations you have about the teacher you are and where do you want to be in the future? Yeah, for sure. I think um, right now I'm really just kind of, I'm, I'm taking the information that I've received from my gurus uh, and kind of approaching training with those with those things as well as you know implementing the kind of learnings that I've gathered through that training because it's training like training other dancers is a process as well and what's really great I feel is that from training other dancers I feel like I learned a lot as well um, about what how things are being transmitted how information needs to be uh, given how, how information needs to be transmitted forward um, and um, yeah I think um, some goals for myself is to, you know, like to, to be able to kind of develop um, a way of training that I think um, reflects my lineage, but also is mine. Um, and that I, that I have dancers that, you know, are, are good, are yes, you know, should be good technicians, but also should just love dancing and should be invested in that, in that the rigorous practice of it. Awesome. And that, kind of brings me to my final question so when it comes to say future projects and collaborations i know that covid's kind of put a dampener on it but are, are there any future projects and things that you want to discuss i yeah i mean i i yes covid has changed how we work at we we think about working with people in collaborations but i'm definitely you know a part of a few processes that are you know that have existed on zoom i've uh, i've done some in-person processes with the uh, choreographers in the city of Toronto. Um, I also will be creating a f- and working on a few processes of my own this year. Like actually on Monday, I go into process with um, Othri Nandi, who was a Bharatanatyam dancer, and we're making um, a work about um, being Bengali and our relationship to Rabindranath Tagore. And, and this is the work that's been, that's been um, supported by the Canada, Toronto, and Ontario Arts Councils. Um, Barkha and I have been, um, you know, working on Zoom, trying to make something, and hopefully something will be out before the, this podcast releases. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, a few months, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, like a few things. A few things, definitely. I'm definitely um, a part of projects that I think are um, important to me. Yeah. Uh... That's awesome, Tanvir, and that brings me to the end of this discussion. I'm glad to, I'm glad that we had this discussion. I'm glad that I get to train under you. Um, I'm glad to have been here, Pramit, and I'm and I'm glad to be, you know, be, to be a part of your journey and to be teaching you. <laughs>